0: All right, 219. Let's sing it together. Little is much when God is in it.
1: In the harvest field, not ripen, there's a work for all to do. Oh, Welcome home, my child, welcome. Do as much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or blame. There's a crowd that you can win it, if you'll go in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Praise God. And I'm so glad of that, too, that, that God multiplies our meager efforts because... Lord knows we wouldn't be able to do anything without him.
1: And he said in his
0: word, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So even what little we can do, God take it and multiply it. And uh, I'm so thankful for that because he sure has blessed me. I know I'm not much, but God has been able to take just an old country kid that doesn't know nothing and and make a preacher out of him, and I sure am thankful. And you look back at what he's done in your life and praise God for what he's done with you. Amen. I say all the time. He'd draw a straight line with a crooked stick. He did it with me. Amen. All right. Prayer request tonight. Got one of them answered. She's here tonight. I wasn't praying for her to. I wasn't praying for her to, to get up from feeling bad and come to church, but uh, she's here tonight. So I'm glad. I'm glad, Joanne. I'm glad you feel good enough to be here, sister. I sure do. Lift up, y'all. Be sure to lift up Dan in prayer. He fell off a ladder. Did he fall off a ladder? In the he fell in the bathroom, okay. He fell in the bathroom. Well, we can't fuss at him about going to the bathroom, we fuss at him about ladders, but but uh bless his heart. He he is like we're gonna have to rub him uh, wrap him in bubble wrap or something to keep him from getting all bunged up. But... <clears throat> yeah, I know, we've got to pray for his pray for his hard head that he'll he'll use something to keep him from falling, I guess. But pray for them tonight. Uh, yes. Right. Pray for her and pray for that, her eye appointment and all that stuff. Um, Anybody else? Anything else? I know there's somebody I got on my mind. I can't think of it for some reason. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. She's a bitch. She's a bitch,
2: I think, three times ago. She got back in volleyball,
3: and she and her mom sat down, and they paid the church in the house
2: he actually
0: did the hmm. I mean Amen. Well, any news I like get, any good news is great news. <laughs> Amen. Um I you know, he's from I ain't heard much. Just uh, you know, I got a little, I got a I love you too back from him. That's about it. And that was several days ago. Um Continue to pray for my brother. Uh, we kind of left things uh, just kind of just wasn't wasn't the best of terms when we walked out of the, of the ICU room. I hadn't talked to him since. Kind of trying to give a reality check there, and kind of just left it hanging in the air. Just kind of let God work with what was said. So pray that God convicts and works in him, and also in Jackson as well. <clears throat> Anybody else? Anything else? Yes, Mom. Yeah, she needs she needs some grace and mercy in her life, in a heavy but big time. What? All right. Anybody else? Anything else? My sister in Arkansas left her up in prayer too.
2: Okay.
0: All right. Yes, sir. I sure will. All right. That it. That it. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Ask God to meet with us tonight. Robert, lead us in prayer, please. Okay. Amen You can be seated My so...
1: i de... the cross I believe, rich is eternal, and that seeks the fernal from his precious hand I receive.
0: I must tell Jesus. I don't know, Mama. We gotta do a different one. I, don't, I didn't play that on guitar. Let's, tell, let's do a different one. I ain't. I played it on piano, but it ain't one I'm familiar with. Let's do one other. Let's see. What is it? Two twenty-one. What is that? Uh I ain't, I ain't That ain't a guitar one, one for me. <laughs> one, <laughs> call the names okay. Tell it to Jesus. Okay, I can do that. One fourteen. Yeah, I don't know what by numbers, but. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tell it to Jesus. Are you grieving over those departed? Well, Give no other but the bread of water. Sell it to Jesus alone.
0: 250. 250. It keeps me singing.
3: Build my
1: every lawn. What?
0: terrible if you didn't. Amen. I'm glad you do, though. And I've been looking forward to seeing you all day. Amen. And we're back in Proverbs tonight. One of my favorite books of the Bible. It's not my favorite book. Uh, really, I don't know. How, it'd be hard-pressed to tell you my favorite book of the Bible. It'd either be John or Romans, probably. But i I, I tell you, John's hard to beat because it sure does shine a spotlight right on Jesus, and it sure does magnify him. Amen. But that's not, that's uh, we we come to talk about him tonight, but we come to talk about him through the person of wisdom, and uh, let's, let me get my get my stuff here pulled up in front of me. Trust the Lord's been good in your life, all right, this week. Everything's been going all right. I hope so anyway, and uh, I hope the Lord will bless you tonight from the, from the study of his word, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 to 11. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 to 11. Have you found that? I hope you have. Yes. All right. Proverbs 6, verses 6 to 11. The Bible says, Go to the ant thou sluggard. Consider her ways, and be wise. Which, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food. In the harvest, how long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet a little slumber, sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, and we ask you for your, Lord, for your Spirit of God to, stir within us, open the Word of God up to us, open our understanding to it, Father, that we might receive it fully. Lord, that wisdom might find its, its, its place like a puzzle piece that's missing in our heart and our mind. Lord, that we might, we might stop trying to do things our way. Lord, that we might uh, come to the realization that we've not, we don't have all the answers and that our way is always failure when it doesn't have you leading us. Lord God, our way doesn't fit. It's your way. You created us. You designed us to work according to your word, to be prosperous and blessed according to your word. And there's no other way around it. As Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Lord, help us to see that tonight. Help us to always apply that when we come to the scriptures or when we come to anything. Without me, you can do nothing. Lord, help us tonight, and I realize I stepped to this pulpit. Without you, Jesus, I can do nothing. So I ask you now, I put myself at the mercy of the Holy Ghost of God. Control me that I might magnify and glorify my Savior. Father in heaven, Lord, take control of me and use me for your glory. Touch each heart and each mind. Lord, each person that's tuned in by way of the Internet, uh, Lord, to listen to us, to watch us. Father God, I pray, Lord, that they not be uh, disappointed. Spirit of God, speak and minister to them too, Father. We thank you now, we, and we ask your blessing in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. All right. Again, let me read that back to you just one more time. I, I know you heard it when I read it the first time, but I just want to read it again because these words are so powerful. It says, go to the ant." Go to the ant. What's says? Thou sluggard, and consider her ways, and be wise, which, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provided her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? And when wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want. As an armed man, you remember last time we talked the last Wednesday, Brother Tino Grophy was here, so we we talked about geocentricity that night for a long time, didn't we? But uh, but anyway, bless his heart, he's been all the way across Texas. I, I give him a little credit. He he didn't know what time it was, I don't think, but but uh, it'll do that to you too if you drive across the state. But but anyway, we talked the time the Wednesday night before. We talked about suretyship about about saying you're going to loan somebody or or be be uh be collateral for somebody, and and it's a foolish thing to jump into with anybody, and we ought to always make sure that we don't make terrible financial decisions that we can't get out of that end up ruining us, but this week, we're not talking about that, we're talking about being lazy and and, and not doing what we ought to do. You know, it, it often seems like to me that the book of Proverbs was written to a people that lived before the age of cell phones. Now the reason I say that is because after cell phones, nobody has really looked up to notice much of anything. I, I'll never forget the first time I noticed that we went out to eat, and Stephanie and I we were going in Chili's in Paris, and uh, and we sat down to wait, and uh, and I looked up, and everybody was silent and like this. So it was a long time ago, but I, everybody was silent and sitting there looking at their phone, and I thought, Oh, we're in trouble in this world if this the way it's going to be. Because, I mean, that's the first time I really noticed that. And, man, it's just like, bang, nobody's paying attention to anything except this box in front of them. Nobody's meditating or pondering anything. They're always, it, you know, if you're constantly having a and, and and I didn't mean to get on this tonight. I didn't do this to preach on cell phones, but I just think I'll say it while I'm at it. Uh, there, there's, There's something to these things. They have got a way to make you through the light that comes off of it. It's, they call it blue light. I don't know exactly all of the the nuts and bolts of it, but it, it's almost like a, uh, you heard the story of Pavlov's dog or whatever. Every time he rang the bell, he got a he got reward or whatever. His mouth would salivate every time you hear a bell ring. Uh, listen, we we almost like we feel like we get a, we get a, we get a dopamine reward when we look at our phones, and, and so we're hooked on them. And where we used to sit and think about things, and, and and really mull things over. We don't have time because we're hungry for new information constantly that we've got to have in order to feel satisfied. And I believe the devil's a part of that big time. I think the devil's behind that. I've said a lot a lot of times for a long time that we live in a world now that's sped up real real fast. Everything's super fast. Drive throughs, microwave, quick this, quick that, instant this, instant that, and and nobody takes the time to do things right. I, I often I often. Uh, uh, sit and grieve over the fact that it's hard to find a good home-cooked meal anymore because nobody wants to take time to do it right Everybody wants to hurry and put something in the microwave or boil something real quick And no, nothing's I mean, I know people, I know some of y'all in here know how to do it I mean, I'm not fussing at y'all, but I'm just saying the world we live in It's hard to go out and find that anywhere because everybody's trying to cut a corner somewhere And, and I, you know, I, when we read book Proverbs, we can't cut corners We have to really meditate and stop and thinking about what is God trying to say to us and, uh, and, and again, like I said, we just live in this hurry-up-and-get-out-of-my-way hurry world where it's hard to be still and let God speak because God speaks in a small, still voice, the Bible tells us. And, and it's necessary for us to make time to be quiet and think. And if we don't – and you know what? I think some of us, we have a hard time being alone with our own thoughts. And if that's the problem, then we need to talk to God about our own thoughts. We need to get that dealt with. We need to take those thoughts to God and say, God, help me, because I'm having a problem being alone with my own thoughts. I need to have peace in my heart where I can talk to you, where I can hear from you. So, like I said, having said all that, I prefaced all all this with that. So let's get to this. Amen. Let's go to it. He says, the example of the ant, verse 6. He says, go to the ant, thou sluggard, and consider her ways, and be wise which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. So Solomon is speaking wisdom to the sluggard. He's trying to help the sluggard. The sluggard, who is that? That's, that's essentially a lazy man or a lazy woman. Okay? Uh, a lazy person, the Bible's telling us, should go and if you want to be lazy, lay out there in the yard and look at the ant for a while. Get you a lawn chair and a chaise lounge and wear it back. Get on your elbows and just watch them ants work in the yard for a while. That's what God's saying. And he's saying, consider her ways and be wise. So if I lay out here in the yard, God, on my elbows, and I watch these ants walking back and forth across the ground, toting leaves and toting sticks and toting the toots and roll or whatever they found on the ground, a piece of chewing gum, Whatever they told me, watching them work, then God, that's going to help me. It'll, it'll make you wise. God, how can I be wise watching bugs? It don't make sense, does it? Well, God knows what He's doing. Um, He says, "Consider her ways." The book Proverbs talks a lot about the value of hard work, and for good reason. Hard work is the difference between success and failure. Hard work is the difference between potential disappointment or fulfillment it's hard work that's the difference nothing good's going to just come to you uh, uh, you know uh, like i was saying the, the other day talking about people that do nothing you know what they just drift along you know where they wind up they wind up with the trash collects that's what happens when things just drift you know you take the things that are floating in the ocean where they wind up they wind up washed up on the beach where the trash is collect if you don't have any anything pushing you if you just sitting back and doing nothing, you're not going to wind up anywhere any good. Um, I remember I remember watching this thing years and years ago. I'm just going to say this. Uh, I'll take a minute to say it. I, I watched a, I watched a video a long time ago. I went to a sales meeting in Arkansas for an insurance company, and they played this video from the 60s called The Strangest Secret in the World. It was done by a man named Earl Nightingale. I don't know if you remember that name from way back yonder. <laughs> had the biggest, richest, deep voice you ever heard in your life. Anyway, and he, he was talking about. He said you take. He said you take two ships and you turn them loose, the same in the same port. One fully loaded with a captain and crew, and you, with a specific destination in mind. and You turn the other one loose with no captain, no crew, and nothing. Just turn the ship loose. Which one's going to make it to the destination more than likely? On well, the crew and the ship, the captain, right? Okay. It, but one just adrift, it's going to wind up washed up on a beach somewhere where it's not supposed to be. Because that's what happens when we go through life aimlessly, and a person that's lazy is not taking any initiative, and they're just going to wind up wherever and, and, and whatever and just go with the flow. Uh, again, it takes hard work. It takes dedication. It takes, it takes a, serious, uh, a serious mindset and hard work. Um, Adam Clark, the preacher, said no insect is more laborious. doesn't work any harder, not even the bee itself. And none is more fondly attached to or more careful of its young than the ant. That I'll tell you right there. Go to the ant and see how the care they put in their young, to take special care of their young to make sure that they thrive and make sure they have everything that they need. But yes, you see people in this world who, tra- who drag their kids along as if they were an afterthought. They treat them as if they don't matter. Just, just park them in front of something and, and forget about them. God help us. We ain't got no more care of sense than a bunch of insects do, and they got more concern than we do. The Lord sends us to school to, to study the ants. He sends us to school to study the birds of the air. He sends us to school to study the lilies of the field, to learn to depend on God, to provide for us. In Matthew six twenty-five through 29, it says, that Jesus said, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you should eat or what you should drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? So no don't sort of worrying all day long. I mean, he, he, he's he's telling us, he said, Behold the fowls there. Look at the birds. They don't sow, they're not trying to they're not growing their own grain, they're not reaping their own grain. He said, Don't gather into barns, and yet your heavenly father feedeth them, or are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take your thought for raiment or clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not. They don't work to grow like that. Well, I, I, I've taken here lately. I got on a kick. I post on Facebook. I post a lot of pretty flowers. And you may say, well, that's that's a womanly thing to do. I think flowers are beautiful. That's God. That's like God's art gallery, if you ask me. Flowers is just a display of how artistic God is. And, and what a thing. And, I mean, I love them. And they smell wonderful, you know. So why not? But, you know, he said they don't, they don't work at it. He said, neither do they spin. I, little. I used to like spin around in circles, but it means they don't So they don't spin garments for themselves. They don't do work to make themselves beautiful. God makes them beautiful. And he said, and yet I say unto you that not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. God, God said, Solomon, Solomon wasn't as beautiful as, as my flowers that I created, and, I, and he, he was dressed in the finest a man could wear. And God's trying to tell us, look, if you just look at how I take care of my creation, you're my... You're my he we're his favorite creation. He made us above everything. And yet we sit and worry about stuff we shouldn't even worry about. We fret over things we shouldn't fret over. And we don't do what we ought to do. And and a lot of a lot of people just sit around and do nothing and just and just accept the very bare minimum of life and never never try to get anything else out of it. Never try. Amen. Never ask God. Just sit back and wait on God to do something which ain't gonna happen. God listen, God meets us when we take action. God's not going to ever come drag somebody out of their house and bless them. Y'all know that? God will never drag nobody out of their house, make them go to work for him, and make them be blessed. God's only going to work in response to us believing his word and going forward. He says in Jeremiah 8, 7, speaking about, talking about us going to the animals and learning, he says in there, he says, yea, the stork in the heaven know of her appointed times, And the turtle and the crane and the swallow observe the times of their coming. But my people know not the judgment of the Lord. He said, the birds, they understand what time of the year it is. They understand the seasons. They understand when it's mating season. They understand when it's time to to put back some food. They understand when it's time to do this, do that. But we ain't got no sense to know when God's upset with us. Again, talking about the ant, it says says that... uh, Verse seven says having no guide, overseer, or ruler. you has ant nobody's telling the ant where to go. Nobody's telling the ant what to do. The ant doesn't have a captain leading them across across the, the the concrete out there by my house saying, Okay, let's go over here, fellas, let's go over there. We've got to do this, we've got to get that, pick that up. Nobody's doing that. There's no overseer, there's no ruler. You might say, Well, the queen, yeah, but the workers are not the queens not out there giving them orders, they're just doing what they know to do. The ant has wisdom that God put in that ant that's worthy of us imitating that ant. Why? Because that ant works hard without having to be told to work hard. The ant just does it because it's the right thing to do. Ants don't need a boss standing over their shoulders making sure they follow orders. The ethic of diligence, it comes from within and they're an overseer or a ruler. You know, if, if you believe in and, and doing the right thing and continuing to do the right thing. Nobody has to bark at you to do it. You just do it because you know it's right. You know what else I see about ants? Ants work well with others, don't they? They don't. They don't sit and fight constantly. Now, if you bring in a different kind of ant, yeah, they're going to go head to head because that ain't their kind. That ain't their kind. Listen, listen. I guarantee you. you God talks about being an unequal yoke. We get an unequal yoke with somebody that ain't believer. Yeah, we're going to end up butting heads and we can't get along. You know. And, again, you put two different kinds of ants together, but they're all the same. You know, listen, they're all going to work together. They've got a common purpose. And that's the way believers ought to be. We ought not be fighting over silly things. We ought to be focused on the main thing, which is winning the loss to Christ and, and, and bringing the hurting back into the family of God and, and, and seeing them restored. That ought to be the main thing. But ants work well with others. Ants ants aren't loners who put their self before the needs of the colony. Ants aren't trying to show out and impress the other ants. They just work. They do what they're supposed to. They put their head down and they work. They're busy working when nobody's watching, too. You know, ants work all night long when ain't nobody looking. They I don't care if you're outside watching them or not. They just do what they're supposed to do. They just, they're just doing what they've what they got to do to take care of their, their colony, to make sure they're young or fed, make sure the queen's happy. They, they do what they're supposed to. No wonder God tells us to watch them. Aristotle, he, he said that ants labor without rulers to direct them. And modern entomologists have discovered a perfect social organization among ants. They, they function perfectly. But even though they function in a perfect social order, it doesn't imply that there's a hierarchy of command. They just all know their place, and they all do what they're supposed to do, kind of like the body of Christ is supposed to function. Isn't that something? God set that up, and it kind of mirrors one another there. I mean, I realize that they're crawling across your countertop, and they're trying to get in your crackers or your sugar, and you're probably not happy with them. They're working together to do that. But but they're, they're all working for a common purpose to get in your pantry. Uh, but but like I said, they they work they work whenever the work needs to be done. And the Bible says that she 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 provides her supplies in the summertime. She provided her meat in the summers. What the Bible says, the ant works hard when the work is to be done. Doesn't complain, just gets out there and does the work. In the summertime and the harvest time, the work gets done. There's no complaints. They work, you know, when it's hot outside, it's 110 degrees. Guess what? The ants are still walking across the hot concrete. They don't care if it's hot. They don't say, oh, if there's air conditioning out here, we'd get out here and move this food. But no, it's hot. Our little ants, their little itty-bitty feet, you know, they're burning our little itty-bitty feet. They just keep on trucking. trucking. Um, again, ants giving a good lesson in her ways and in her wisdom
2: that she keeps on going. She doesn't stop.
0: Uh, the ant, the ant. I feel what the ant will do in the summertime. The ant will gather together a pile of grain, whether it be anything you and me would eat or not. It's, it's ant food, but she gathers up grains from different plants and stores them, maybe in the, in the hive, maybe in a tree stump or wherever the ants living. That's they'll, they'll pile up a whole bunch of grain to uh, to eat throughout the winter, and the ant will put great effort into piling up all that, working day and night, piles and piles of food gathered up. Great care given to the food supply sometimes if it like I said, if it gets moisture in it and it starts to starts to get uh, uh, starts to get wet. well, I'll tell you about it. John Gill, the uh, virgin, the pastor where Charles virgin was hundred years before he was there. Here's what he said about it. He said, consider her ways, what diligence and industry she uses in providing it uses in providing its food, which though a small, weak, feeble creature yet will travel over flints and stones, climb trees, enter into towers, barns, cellars, places high and low in search of food. Never hinder but help one another in carrying out their burdens. Prepare little cells to put their provisions in and are so built as to secure them from rain. And if at any time their corn is wet, they bring it out and dry it in the sunshine and bite off the ends of it so it won't grow. Isn't that something? That's a an ant. That's how smart an ant is. Ant's smarter than a lot of farmers. <laughs> I mean, I figured there's some folks come out of California or Dallas or or, or somewhere in New York City. I'm talking about somewhere they ain't never been on a farm before I know it's farms, California. But anyway, I'm saying come from a big city trying to be a farmer and, and, and didn't know what they were doing, but an ant's smarter than that. But uh God's telling us if we lack direction in our life, we need to study the ants. Why? Because they teach us they teach us preparation. And you know what? That's something every Christian needs to know. Why? Because we're going somewhere. We're heading home, and we want to lay up treasures in heaven. So when we get there, there's something waiting on us there. So we need to study the ant to learn. To prepare and to be consistent about it, not to wait until you get up to the age where you can't do much about it, and say, "Now, when I'm retired, I'll really get busy serving God." And I know most of y'all are there already, but I'm saying not just to you, but to people watching this. There are people in their in, they're in their, their prime of their life right now, and they're in their 30s and 40s, some of them, and they're and they're just halfway in and halfway out of church. They they, they show up on Sunday, but they spend Saturday night in the bar room. They think they can keep one foot in the devil's playground and one foot in church, and they're just playing at it. And I'm telling you, I, I, if it's folks like that listen to me, you better pay attention because God's serious about this Christian life. God's serious about you living for him and giving yourself to him, and that takes preparation. You need to work at it every single day of your life. You need to lay up, lay up treasures in a store in heaven. And you do that by reaching people for Christ and telling people how to be saved and and, and, and and loving people for Christ Jesus' sake and not doing things all for yourself. It ain't all about selfies, and I know I'm not talking to y'all, but I'm talking to folks on this little box right here. It ain't all about selfies and, and, and making yourself look good. Amen? It's about service. It's about doing something for somebody else when nobody watches and nobody can brag on you and nobody can pat you on the back. It's about giving to somebody who's in need without telling everybody on Facebook you did it. Amen. I'm not saying y'all are doing that. I'm not fussing at you. I'm saying it because there's people listening through here and listening through here that need to hear it because there's a world full of people who do things just the way I'm describing. We need to be prepared. Listen, listen. Study the ants. Why we can learn cooperation again? They, they they work together in harmony. God's people need to study that and see. Listen, we are so particular sometimes we can't work together. They also teach us perseverance. Again, they don't quit. <clears throat> hey, you drive your car through the middle of their, their, their line. What do they do? They got to find a way to go around your tire track you just made. They'll keep finding, going until they find it, and then they'll keep on going. They don't give up and quit and say, well, I guess we'll go back. There's a mud. There's an ocean there now. No, i got to go around it. Do whatever got. They keep on trucking. Why? Because they got a goal and they got priorities and they got responsibilities. they got people counting on them. They, I say people. they got other ants counting on them. they got a queen counting on them. they got to do this. Persevere. They don't give up. There's diligence. Again, they're, they're, they they got their mind set on their little tiny ant brain, which is full of more wisdom than most people. And God put that wisdom in there. That head that God made that fits perfectly in their little holes to block, keep enemies out. God designed them creatures in a fantastic way. And they teach us unity. Again, they work together for a common goal. If we do that as believers, we see, we see a lot of people get saved if we just work together for a common goal. See, we don't have to go far to learn from our Heavenly Father. Again, you know, all we gotta do is walk out in the yard, humble ourselves, get down on
1: our knees,
0: and we can learn valuable lessons. It just takes us getting down there where we can see it. Second part of this is he's talking to the he's talking to the sluggard. He's talking to the lazy man. And he's warning the lazy man. Look in verses uh, look verses uh, nine and, and ten and eleven. He asked the question, he said, How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travels, and thy want is an armed man. He warns him by way of reproof in these verses here. I want you to notice this. He argues with the sluggard. He rebukes him and reasons with him, telling him to get up and go to work. Kinda of like a foreman would do if he walked in on after lunch and, and several of his employees don't went to sleep in the break room, leaned up against the wall, got their feet in the chair, snoring. He'd say, Hey, get up out of here, let's go back to work, guys. How long y'all gonna lay up in here? It's time to you know, get off your get up off your hind end and get on your feet, out of the shade and into the heat That's what my daddy used to tell me. Amen. Time to go to work. Kinda of like a parent who who left the instruction to the teenage son to mow the yard while I'm gone to work all day and then comes home to an unmowed yard and a teen still asleep in the afternoon in their bed. How long are you going to lay in that bed, you sluggard? How, you sleep all day if nobody bothers you. Anybody in here ever felt that before? I have. Hey, Amen. I've been in them shoes. Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I was I was a, I was a lazy punk teen at one time. Now, I ain't going to lie, she's sitting right here. I, why would I offer anything but the truth? Amen? I'd do it anyway, but she's sitting right here. She lived through it. Uh, but he's saying, when do you think it's time to get up?
3: Somebody say, well, that's
0: a awful way to get somebody out of bed. Well, a, a sluggard ought to be woke up that way. They ought to be woke. How long are you going to lay in that bed? That's God's way of, of getting one up, Amen. That's what He's he said in His Word. See, it, it, and this this is applicable. This makes application here to, to to at least two different groups of people. All right. Number one, it makes application to those who are slothful in the way of work or duty. And I'm specifically talking about our duties, in particular, as 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 being Christians. The duties that God's called us to, and God's called every single believer to serve Him. He's called every single believer to be a witness for Him. He's called every single believer to work to edify the body of Christ, to build it up. And so He's asked—I mean, he could, he, he could ask these questions to everybody under the sound of my voice tonight: How long will you waste your time, and when will you be a better steward of your time? How long will you love your sleep and when will you learn to deny yourself and give an effort? How long are you going to bury the talents that God has given you and when will you start to use your talents for God? How long are you going to wait and put off and waste the opportunities that God gave you? And how long will you live Without regarding eternity People are living every day Like they've got forever Like that they'll never have a last breath Like the heart ain't going to pump for that last time That they're not going to really go out in eternity And not have another moment To do anything for Jesus Christ We live like we ain't got no end See When Is the next question Will you stir yourself up to do what God has given you to do? Not to do something God ain't called you to do, but to do the things that God has given you to do. Or are you going to leave those things eternally undone? Because, again, we need to be preparing and putting up something in heaven. And if we don't get busy about it, we're just being just like the slothful man laying in the bed that won't go to work. I mean... And then we can say, again, to those who are slothful in duty to the Lord, we could also say to those that are secure in their way of sin and danger. They're living in sin in a dangerous state, but they're secure in it. And you say, who's that? That's a lot of backslid believers, who people who've been watching the blood of Jesus but, but are no longer uh, showing the Lord the love that they ought to show him. And they've, they've gotten away from him, and their heart's grown cold. And they've gone to sleep. And there's a lot of people out there like that you got to ask them, ain't you slept long enough? Aren't you asleep long enough to what the Lord's trying to do in your life? Isn't it late enough in the day? Isn't the Lord calling you out of the fields of sin, asking you to come in and, 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 and come and fellowship with him? But we can't do that as long as we're out roaming the fields of sin. Like Samson, the Philistines are on you and you don't even know it. There's so many people in that shape. When will they wake up? When will they wake up? The one that's secure in the way of sin that doesn't realize exposes the silly excuses that he makes for himself and shows how ridiculous he makes himself. Again, when he's roused from his sleep, stretches,
3: let me sleep a little more.
0: It's so comfortable in this warm bed. I can't get up right now. Oh, I don't want to go to work. That's a slothful man. I don't want to get up. But you notice he, he promises self, and, and and the one that's trying to get him up, he only needs a little more sleep. Just, just, a, little, just a little sleep, a little slumber, a little fold on the hands to sleep. That's all he's asking for. Just let sleep a little bit longer, a little bit longer. I'm gonna tell you. Ten years old, my rallying cry was five more minutes. Y'all ever heard that one? <laughs> just five more minutes. And she'd stand there and say, "It won't do you no good," but I just needed five more minutes. If I, if, I, if I, she had a dollar for every time I said five more minutes, she'd have a wad in her hand. I guarantee you. But you know, but that's how the that's how the slothful man deceives himself. The more his slothful desire is catered to, the more it continues. You let, let that continue. Okay, I'll give you five minutes. I'll be back in five minutes. That'll just keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on. He let him sleep a while, slumber a while. Before I after I wake him up later, sings the same tune. Ask for more sleep. Never enough. Then when you holler in there, I thought I said get up. I'm up. I'm up. Check in there in five minutes. Oh you was up. I just I just dozed off. I didn't mean to. I just dozed off. Look. Pitiful. Bad. You know, you look at somebody like that and you say, Good grief. They ain't never gonna amount to anything. Think about how many things maybe have been left undone that God intended to be done. How many people could have been saved? how many great works could have been built for god how many how many things could have could have been in somebody's life and they're all left undone because somebody put them off just a little while longer while they got a little more sleep day after day people getting cheated out of their time by cheated out of their by being cheated out of their present <clears throat> third thing on this second half i see is he gives him fair warning Terrible consequences of his slothfulness. He keeps on going this way. Verse 11, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth. Now, that doesn't say a whole lot right on the the outset, but if you look at it and you understand that word traveleth, what he's saying there, he's saying, first of all, he's saying that that poverty and lack or want is going to come to those that are slothful in their business. If you don't take care of your business, you're going to wind up broke. I think that's everybody knows that. If you don't handle your business right, but when men fail to handle their business right, they don't. They not only don't go forward, but they go backward. It's just like I saw a cartoon a long time ago. A guy in a stream, and it was it was a Christian cartoon, and it and it when when you fail, he was. He was laying in the, in, the, in the canoe playing the banjo, and he said, if you don't go forward, you're going to go backwards. He's going backwards downstream in the canoe. You know, it, you got to make forward progress or you're going to go backwards. It's as simple as that. Spiritual bankruptcy comes to those that are slothful in the service of God. You, 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 you give up on serving God you start backing up. You just go further and further backwards until you wind up. And I, I've seen so many preachers that have quit the ministry, and and their lives are just an absolute disgrace because they gave up on what God called them to do, and they went backwards further and further and further and further until they're ashamed before God. When people find themselves in a situation where they could be used to God or where they need him, they find themselves empty and in need of oil, and they they discover their vessel is not only empty, it's dry, too. When we when we don't when we don't seek after God, you know, we we all know that verse. Second Chronicles seven fourteen if My people, which are called by My name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek My face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Listen, He's talking about a people who are seeking, actively seeking Him. Not one that's just seeking to go back to sleep and forget about it. It's the one who's actively. Persevering and seeking after God and chasing. Uh, a. W. Tozer wrote a book called God Chasers. Listen, that's that's what I want to do. I want to chase after Him. I want to be a pursuing God. And and I mean, and, and there's wait, not he did the God Chasers. He wrote the Pursuit of God. That's what he wrote. But uh, but yeah, I want I want to pursue Him. Amen. Paul talks about that. I might be apprehended of Him. That's what he wants. He, he's like I want I want to get a hold of God. I want. I want to have. I want to have a firm hold of him. I don't want to be. I don't want to be just sitting around uh, wasting my time. I want to. I want to know what God wants. I want to be in His presence. I want all of Him. I can have. And we won't have that if we don't seek after it. Like I said, the the consequences. The consequences of being slothful. It comes silently. Unconsciously. It overtakes you slowly. Step by step like a prowler sneaking around your house in the night. That's the one that traveleth. That's what it's referring to. It's referring to, to a prowler, somebody who don't belong there, sneaking around trying to see where he can break in and get something. Uh, it refers to a highwayman, what they used to call it, somebody who traveled the highways waiting on somebody to pull over and be doing something and come out and knock them in the head and take their stuff. So, and that's the way your poverty going to come suddenly. You're not expecting it. You think everything's safe. And then somebody somebody slips in and takes everything you got. Or he says, he said, "Or a, as an armed man, it'll come forcibly. It'll hit you all of a sudden like an armed man breaking in on you. and You can't resist it. And you can't do anything about it. If a person says, oh, it'll be all right. Oh, it'll be all right. One of these days it won't be all right. God's waiting on us to come to him. He wants to be a father to us. But if we let, if we let slothfulness waste our opportunities, what a tragedy that is. I mean, we only have one life down here. We only have one opportunity to please God. We only have one opportunity to to uh, to uh, for Him and serve Him and and lay up treasures in heaven and store up things in heaven. We only have one run through here, and if we lay if we if we just lay that down and waste that, what a tragedy! And 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 again, if you don't use something, you know what happens? I can tell you, it'll slip away from you. When I was young, I used to be able to draw. I used to be able to paint. And I chose music over those, those talents. You know what? I can't draw a paint no more because I chose one over the others. If you don't use it, it'll be gone. And God is, no telling what God's invested in us and ways he's invested in us that we could have, we took hold of it, we could have done great things for God. Let's don't waste any more. We can't do anything about what's behind us. But let's take a look at our present and let's not waste anything that God has given us now. And Let's not waste the time that God's given us because we're not going to get any more once it's gone. So let's stand together. Let's get ready to go out of here tonight, and let's not be slothful. Let's be let's be good stewards of of what God has given us. Amen. And I hope if anybody heard that tonight is listening in that needed that message that they'll just that they'll just get on their knees before God and confess that they've been lazy with what God's given them. That they'll confess that 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 they should have done more and they should have been freer with themselves to God and that they'll surrender themselves to Him. And if, it, if God's working in your heart tonight, I hope He'll, I hope He'll bring about something to pass that if He's shown you something, you need to be doing for God. Take hold of it. I mean, I can promise you this: you, if God ever leads you to do something for Him, it'll never be anything too big for you and Him together. It might seem
2: like something too big for you by yourself, but you and Him together, there's nothing that can't do. God, if God is behind done. God, let's go, Lord. Father in heaven, Lord, I love you so much. Thank you, Father. Lord, I know these things are true. You've done these things in my life. Father, you continue to. Lord God, take the word of God tonight. And, Lord, just chill it down in our hearts. Lord, yeah. peace to us on a personal level. Each one of us is different. Each one of our lives is different. Father, this, this lesson tonight, Lord, might not directly apply it to us, May it apply to somebody we know. And then again, it might be something we need for later. Father, whatever. Holy Spirit of God. Lord, it's not for a waste. Father, use it. Take these truths and use them in our lives. Father, we give you praise and glory. We want to be be good servants of you, Lord. We want to have reward waiting on us when we get to heaven and seek you face to face. Lord, I ask you to bless and help us tonight. Help us, Lord, to determine that we're going to seek after you and that we will not be sluggish in our doing, so uh, Father help us. Holy Spirit of God work in us. Thank you, Lord. Bless each one help this your hand to for the heal and for we pray for her for healing and her strength. We pray for Miss Mell. Pray Lord that you uh use the give these doctors healing that they handle her. with tender her care, Father, we pray that you restore her strength and give her energy back, Father we pray for that and pray Lord that you Lord that you help you in the Hear that, Father. We just thank you, Lord, for each one here tonight. Bless each one, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
3: Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. was <laughs> different <laughs> different the fall. Yeah. 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 Yeah.